0: I'm living the high life Black clothes, good liquor, good weed, good weed. Find fun. those only things I'ma need Me and these yeah. ladies pants wet when we grab the mic And we gon' have them like La 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 sit back, relax, and You already know what it is, man so, That cool. bitch is a good weed Uh, uh. whistle, man can't keep him off me, always reppin' from my city Even though I don't see him often, Kid, As a and learn it's best to keep him talkin' I only say I'm the best, cause that's what the people call me And I'ma keep shinin' till the day the reaper call me A lot of shit on my chest, so I suggest you keep around me Try to slander my name, but when you sit and think about it It's hard to show off your aim, when niggas yet to see the target He's talking that mess cause he's garbage My trees grow beauty of the weakest is foreign And my homie bought a yacht so we yawning and drinks are pouring Hose him out my clothes cause I got Louis features on them. Life just like a movie plus the special feature bonus With bad bitches and good weed to keep us coughing Hard as a bed and nails, you a beast for sleeping on them. Motherfucker, yeah you know i right <laughs> Yeah, What yeah. Wet, wet when we grab the mic and Say we again. go Just hatin' on the way the boy live. Angry at the way they ladies always say that I'm the shit People stay up on my dick, I don't worry about them I'm too focused on the money, I ain't worry about friends They say they young and dream like a king I'm Muhammad Ali in the ring, Christmas Eve in the spring Way above the bar, but I ain't 21 Whistle cutting up, cause I stay tough and And when the money comes, I'ma give it back Got a driver who addresses me as Mr. Mac Dealing with these diva hoes, they so demanding, Mac a young superstar, the code of fanning You know I'm planning for the world to be mine, no blind dates, but I'm getting girls from behind the type of shine, stay turnin' them blind Just cruising, smokin' purple, and reclaimin' I am in the highlight Fly clothes, good liquor, good weed, good weed. Find, Find those on the need. things I'ma need, I'ma need. Get these ladies' pants wet when we grab the mic And we gon' have em like right. La 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 hey. hey. la La move slow, slow. la 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 La
1: this is your man L Jamal and you are tuned into Never Out of Bounce, and this is a place where your second amendment is protected as long as you got the facts I have been gone for a minute now I'm back I still going through some per- I'm still going through some personal things I'll talk a little bit about that near the end of the show I got some announcements to go over And I have a chock-full show tonight. we got the world on the street. We're also going to be talking some NFL and college football. We're going to be going over some Week 1 action. Uh, We're going to talk some baseball as well. Playoff time is coming up. We're going to talk about some playoff spots. And also, we're just going to be talking about the standings in general there. And then we're going to wrap it up with a review tonight. Uh, I've been watching this Netflix show. Uh, For the past couple of days, it's called F for family, F is for family, we're going to go over that as well tonight, so let's get right into this world on the street, and uh, this morning, Trump signed an executive order that would punish outside people in groups uh, who meddled with uh, u.s elections or who plan on in the future meddling in u.s election affairs now this will in effect issue sanctions on russian and other foreign agents trump is basically trying to get off the hook for what happened in the last election in 2016 now that's pretty i mean uh, you know all the evidence evidence kind of points to him and in a way, and points to his, you know, co-conspirators, you know, the, the Republican Party. But, like I said, he's trying to get off the hook for this. And uh, one thing I will say is, Republican and Democrat, Democratic lawmakers alike. Are not a fan of his new proposal of his new executive order, and it, and this is a joint statement from Marco Rubio. Uh, we all know about this him uh, being a Republican senator from Florida, and uh, this, this is a joint statement between him and Chris Van uh, Hollen, a uh, Democratic uh, senator from Maryland, and they both uh, joined together earlier this year uh, for a law that would basically would be mandatory uh, sanctions against all that were involved. Involved, uh, within the election hacking process, uh, and this is their joint statement right here. Today's announcement by the administration recognizes the recognizes the threat, but does not go far enough to address it. The U.S. can and must do more mandatory sanctions on anyone who attacks our electoral systems, as the, uh, these serve as the best deterrent. Now, like I said, they already worked on a law earlier earlier this year to kind of enforce this. Now, the sanctions will apply apply to individuals, companies and governments, which, you know, everybody, you know, biggest um, answer to that would be, well, sanction, you know, Russia, sanction the government. However, this will be a 90 day process and uh, Trump. Well, basically, even though uh, this, apl- this can apply to individuals, c- uh, countries, companies, so on and so forth, uh, Trump has the final say so on who gets these sanctions. And this is why, uh, like I said, the lawmakers, doesn't really matter what party, are not necessarily uh, for this executive order. Trump has the final say so. The lawmakers, the, you know, the senators and the House representatives, uh, they want mandatory sanctions. so whoever they find out was involved during the 90 day pretty much an investigation period which is going to come up next they want those people to be sanctioned trump he may or not want to sanction those people that is going to be the biggest issue so i think you might see you might see a a, a sanction for russia you might see a, a sanction for a certain company that trump you know says you know what i'll block that one i don't want that sanction and i will be i would follow i would i would pay close attention to those to the people he does not agree with sanctioning i would make a note of that and i will be following this guy so you know again you know it sounds good on the surface he wants to punish those involved but think about it this way he will be basically choosing who he wants so it it may not end up being all that effective for me all right y'all so we moving on and uh we have some hurricane news going on now. Hurricane Florence is on, on its on its way to the Carolina coastline. And it's a category three that will cause heavy rains and flooding uh, in inland and on the coast as well as the inland as well. Uh, today, it passed well th- this morning. Actually, it passed through Bermuda and the Bahamas, and it will be on the way to the care. It will be at the Carolina coast, um, more than likely touching down in Wilmington, North Carolina by Friday with winds up to 175 miles an hour, the winds will probably show up first. The winds will be there by Thursday. The storm itself will show on Friday. Now, one million people will be forced to evacuate, but up to three million people could lose their power. It's currently traveling a. Uh, when I checked in on it this morning, it was about 430 miles away from North Carolina, from touching down to North Carolina, and 20 to 40 inches are expected to fall in the coastal areas, and this is going to cause massive flash flooding. Now, be careful, guys. If you're on that area of town, if you happen to be a fan of mine, I'm telling you guys now, if you haven't, you know, they haven't told you or you haven't heard anybody else, I'll be another voice to tell you, if you're a fan of mine, you happen to, you know, not know or you seeing what's going on? Get out, get out! Just like the movie, get out, South Carolina, North Carolina, it's gonna be hitting your coastline soon. Now it will travel. the The storm itself will eventually travel inland. Uh between friday and saturday and this will cause even more river flooding so you guys to look out for that too winds will slow down eventually to 125 miles but that doesn't mean much that's still causing a whole lot of damage but it will push as far inland as the appalachian mountains and the smoky mountains y'all so look for it's gonna be some rainfall this weekend uh on like i said in south carolina north carolina those area, both of those areas there uh like i said it'll make landfall in that area of wilmington north carolina and work its way through there. So if you haven't evacuated, especially along the coast, I would suggest you do so uh, even in certain um, certain cities inland. If if you're at a, if your city is at a risk of flooding, which a lot of these cities are, I get out of there right away. If you haven't left, uh, get your supplies, get whatever you need. And out of your business, y'all, it's not it's not safe. And looking at, you know, what's going on now, these storms are just going to get worse and worse. So, um, you know, key, uh, prayers out to everybody in that area. Prayers to anybody that's affected, uh, not only just in the States, but in the Caribbean as well when it comes to these hurricanes. So prayers out to them, y'all. So and like I said, if you haven't left, if you happen to be a fan, you're listening to my show, I I would get out. I would personally myself I get out of there. But all right y'all, we're going to take our first break for tonight and when we come back we're going to be talking some uh baseball. We're going to talk about some playoffs, we're going to talk about a, c- a couple teams who are pretty much in and then we're just going to go over the standings a little bit, wild card and just the regular standings as well. Like I said, we getting near we getting near to the near the near the end of the season. All right y'all, we'll be right back. All right ladies and gents, we are back and like I said before, the MLB season is coming to the to an end. The playoffs are on their way and we currently have two teams that currently have their tickets punched in. We have some more baseball to go. Of course, we got 168 games in total. We're only 149 in, so we have we have a little ways to go before we have everything determined. But two teams that we have that are already pretty much in, we have the, the Boston Red Sox. They are the first team to clinch a playoff spot with a 7-2 win against the Blue Jays last night. And they are the sixth earliest team in the wildcard era, era. To do this, like I said, they're already at uh one one hundred and forty six in the al uh the al east I pretty much have them a lot to win I've already talked about giving them a magic number they're about ten games up at the moment like I said they they got it they They got their on lock, and uh, another team that pretty much has it on lock uh, are the Cleveland Indians. They will be pretty much the first team to clinch their division. They're mad. They already have. They are one of the first. They are the first team with a magic number to win a division, which is three right now. I think the closest team to them in their division is going to be the Twins that are like sixty nine, about sixty nine wins. So they they got their they got their division on lock. And, you know, that pretty much in baseball, at least and a lot of the sports, when you win your division, you pretty much have a playoff spot. So they are in. Now uh, we're going to go through the standards real quick. And like I said, we're only going to talk about the top uh, top two teams. Unless we're talking about the NL Central, I will talk about the top three teams because it is. Kind of a three team race there. But for the most part, at this point in the season, we're down to just two teams in each division. And except with the exception of the AL Central with the Indians, they're pretty much unopposed there. So let's get right into it. On uh, in the AL East, uh, we got Boston and the Yankees, uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees. The, the the you know the bad blood the blue blood rivalries of baseball rivals of baseball they hate each other the fan bases hate each other and again like they usually are they're number one and number two in their division. Uh, Boston, like I said, is up one. Uh, they're at one hundred and forty-six, and then you have the uh the Yankees at second. They're at ninety and fifty-five. Uh, moving on to the AL Central, you got the Indians on top. They're at eighty-two and sixty-four. Like I said, the nearest team to them. Uh, will be, uh, the Minnesota Twins. They got like 67, maybe even 69 wins. They're, like I said, they're out of it. Uh, um, the Indians, they already have a magic number to clinch their division. They should wrap this up, at least I would say by the end of the week. Uh, in terms of the AL West, uh, the top two teams here, we got the Astros. They're sitting, uh, pretty at 92 and 54. And then we have the A's at second. Uh, they're 89 and 57. So they're still three games back. They they keep fighting there in the mix. Uh so I'm rooting for my A's. Maybe I mean I, I would say the best kept uh so the best scenario would, for us to be our, for us to, for the, my, at least my team for the A's will be just to win our division. Hopefully we can win out and avoid that, that wild card game against the Yankees because that's where it looks like it's going right now. Uh, let's go all, uh, uh, let's go off to the NL, uh, starting with the NL East. Uh, the Braves are on top 86, I'm sorry, 82 and 64 and then right by, uh, well, you know, other behind them we had the phillies seventy four and seventy one uh, i would I would pretty much say the braves uh, they they they'll clinch that playoff spot soon it's more than looking like you know, it's day by day is clear that they pretty much won the NL East. Uh, we off to the NL Central. Like I said, we have three teams within the mix here. Uh, we have the Cubs standing on top at 84 and 61. We have the Brewers. They're 84 and 65. So I'll put them one game back. And then we have the Cardinals at 81 and 65. This, divi- this division is really close. Uh, this division is so close. Um, Unless the, I mean, unless the Dodgers or the Rockies win their division, they're going to be left out of the playoffs because as at the moment, these are the two wild card teams for the NL. And like I said, in terms of the wild card for the AL, we got the A's and the Yankees. So, uh, like I said, we, we're at, we, we're at 149 games. There's 168 or well, there's 168 games in total. So we're getting near the end and. You know, at least with these top, at least with these playoff spots, they're pretty much down the middle. They're pretty much easy to, easy to point out, uh, the divisional the leaders they, with the exception, I would say of, um, you know, Boston, Well, I'm sorry, uh, with the exception of maybe the AL West and maybe the NL West, uh, the, the divisions are pretty, pretty much mapped out, uh, you, I pretty much see Boston, they're gonna win the AL East. Uh, the Indians, they're pretty much gonna win the, they are gonna win the AL Central. The Braves are gonna f- pretty much beat the A, the NL East. The Cubs, as close as everybody is, well, you never know. I mean, the the Brewers are one game behind them, but I, I would I I think I could go with the club, the Cubs winning the a, the NL Central. And uh, in terms of the NL West, that's a questionable one too. It's a it's a it's a it's a toughie between the the Rockies and the Dodgers. The Dodgers uh the Dodgers are sitting at second at seventy nine and sixty seven. Uh, Rockies are on top 80, 80 and sixty five. That one could go either way daily. So that might be a last a last game of the year division, and that would be pretty exciting. Alright, y'all. So we're gonna move on to football. And uh I want I I've saw a lot of games in uh week one, I uh, saw a lot of highlights from, from week one. And uh before I before I let it go and get into this week two, I wanted to talk about three takeaways that I got from week one. So let's get right into it. And number one, Patrick Holmes is legit. Now, I, during my AFC West preview, I wasn't necessarily high, I wasn't giving a whole lot of high praise to Patrick Mahomes or the, or Kansas City in general, but, uh, he definitely changed my mind. He balled out last Sunday. Uh, he went for he went 15 to 27 for 256 yards, and four touchdowns, and not necessarily his de- debut per se as a player, but his debut as a starter. And it came against uh, their rival, a division rival, in their first divisional game, and uh, against the LA Chargers. And they won that game, 38 to 28. He also had a 127.5 quarterback rating. Now, he's, that makes him the offensive player of this week, and he had 28 fantasy points if he started him. I didn't start him this week. Last week, I regretted it. He outballed my, my, my starter, Russell Wilson. I'm a little bit mad about that. I was surprised. And uh look for him to keep on improving. He'll be on the road next week. Uh he'll be going to Pittsburgh uh to face the Steelers. They'll probably throw the ball a little, they'll still throw a ball a little the the ball a little bit more. Uh look for his receiver to show up again. I thought he had a great game. And it's another chance for him to show just how just how well he's coming along. And uh it it, it I definitely I'm liking, you know, I think it's always smart to to bring in a good quarterback and have him sit back here, you know, play a little bit here and there, get some get some reps going in his first year and then that second year let him go. That that seems to be a smart way to go. Patrick Mahomes, um he definitely surprised me. I wasn't expecting it. Now, the second takeaway from week 1, big trouble in Little Oakland. Now, the Raiders lost Monday night 33-13 at home to the L.A. Rams. Their car threw three picks. And Amari uh, Amari Cooper only caught one pass for nine yards. And this is a problem. Um, I personally, of all the moves that I did not like that John Gruden made, it was to get rid of Michael Crabtree. Um, To this day, I'm very... Very mad about the all the of all the picks that we got. I was not a fan of bringing in Jordy Nelson. I was not a fan of bringing in martavius Bryant. Jordy Nelson is, you know, a little bit. I think definitely past his prime. Not the same, you know, and same in terms of his production as he once was in 2010 or 2011 uh also in terms of martavius bryant i think he does have the talent he has certain aspects certain intangibles but he just doesn't have the maturity to play and i don't think he can really you know i i think he can't get right you know unfortunately uh like the guy in life like he just he just can't you know he's always getting caught up he's always suspended and that's not something that we needed you know and 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 if it was if it was to get rid of uh, a, a character issue or a person with character flaws, such as a Michael Crabtree. Okay. If, if he really had those, why get him? Why replace him with somebody who gets suspended for smoking weed? Didn't make any sense. He's not even there now. So, uh, and, and it, and it, and it showed, uh, one good thing I will say is Jared Cook came to play a uh, hundred and something yard, about 180 yards, I believe, 189, uh, you know, Definitely a a bright spot, but three picks from Derek Carr, not good. And again, um, it wasn't like we were, you know, excelling in this with Khalil Mack. But again, we failed to get to the quarterback. Uh, Once we only got one sack from Bruce Urban. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk from players, a lot of talk from the coaching staff, you know, to say, oh, we'll be all right defensively. We're this and all that. No. Mm mm i'm not I'm not buying it that defense uh sucked loud from what I saw it wasn't that good uh they gave up a few i believe three touchdowns or two touchdowns to your boy uh Jared Goff, and it was just a bad game all around you know on both sides of the ball and um i really I w- I wasn't happy. I wasn't I wasn't happy at all to see that. I was really disappointed to see uh, all that work, so-called work that we had been doing, all that that height that we've been trying to build up, just fall apart like that. And I, I and it really irks me. It really irks me. But uh, moving right along, the last the last little bit that I picked up in week one was Dallas needs work too. Now they also lost. They ended up losing eight to sixteen at Carolina to the Panthers. And Dak Prescott went 19 for 29, 170 yards and zero touchdowns game manager stats you know if you would have if you would have given him a, if he would have gotten a touchdown that would have been like Trent Dilfer Jeff Garcia type numbers and it would have been average it would have been they would have gotten by that it probably would have helped them win the game uh, again you know just like with the Raiders they're not balanced on offense uh, their leading uh, receiver was Cole Beasley not to take anything away from Cole Beasley but as you can see nobody else along those receivers stood out and I'm not going to give Cole Beasley a uh, seven catch seven uh seven catch seventy three yard game every every Sunday. Can't do it. Uh Ezekiel uh Elliott he only got 69 yards and a touchdown again you know where's that vaulted old line we've been hearing about what's going on? Uh Dak Prescott is uh a, a, he's he's on the junior slump. You know you had that sl- sophomore slump he hasn't he got he hasn't gotten out of that uh he's still struggling and overall, you know, again, they look like a lackluster team. Uh, they got it. They got one sack on defense. and Marcus Lawrence got a few t- uh, tackles. Was able to do his thing. But all around, uh, it, you know, again, it looks like another team that might, you know, regress even more than what we had anticipated, y'all. And uh, it's ugly. <laughs> it's quite ugly, in my opinion. Alright y'all, so we're going to take another break and when I come back, I'm going to be talking about some college football. We're just going to go over the top 25 and uh, we're going to talk about some of the teams there and then after that, we're going to wrap everything up uh, like I told you, we got to review that uh, Netflix, uh, it's a Netflix animated series, it's called evidence for Family uh, Comedy, decent, decent comedy we're going to get into that a little bit later y'all Alright, we'll be back
2: Catch, yep. flights catch flights, Jet light, Turn it up some. Catch, uh. catch flights. life. Yeah. I'm getting hella mail from jail. Niggas telling me to kill it. When they get out, I bring them around some bitches. Shinobi high kick it. American Ninja, major motion picture, flipping my remote. Same way I do them hoes. But she already know before she touched my Chevy though Real nigga, let me make it as clear as my windows. No square. shout out. Enter in the circle of windows. Know I'm prepared for whatever. If you know what I've been through. Real view, clear vision. Memories of paid dudes confined to a runway. Thunderstorms came through. But look what it came to. Something that amazes you. Soon as you quit hatin' and hear what I gotta say to you? Baby, blue souls, these white 1196. No retro car came with this. Same year, my empala with the flow ship. Foldo, suicide, muscle car, show foot. Showed it by the chalk, a lot at Russell Stofa. Wrong weed with her whenever I invite her over. Polo sweater, teddy bear hanging off her shoulder. No care, over here, so we put it in the air. Walk around my house, say she wanna fuck everywhere. That's cool, baby. But I just got that pool table. We ain't gotta stay away from. From it. It's all good If you wanna get under it Then I guess I could fuck with it Before I got on this beat It made out the bucket Listen, these bars I granted this it, death switch Legendary layup Jardin' with the right-left switch Hang time, hang glide Third, fry, chank it I shang high Candy rain, drizzle frame I ride 87 Corvette zr one Took the T-tops off And put them in the trunk, bitch All gassed up She been drinking from the pump That's all bad Trying to pass Fuck around and crash Bitches all flip Fools trying to make it Last. Emotional luggage, nothing of it I don't check bags I just carry on, leave that bullshit in the past Half rosé, Dunn, O.J. in my glass Mimosa, the program Contage curriculum Doors open like a pendulum Swinging, rocking my jet set emblem Foolish to serve like Wimbledon Interior cinnamon. The car that I'm sitting in Calm my bad nerves I call her my riddling. Just kidding, not peeling Just element twisting From the earth come the fire and the wind I'm living, uh not pillages, element twisting. From the earth come the fire, in the wind I'm living. From the earth come the fire, in the wind I'm living, Yeah
1: Right, ladies and gents let's get right back into it let's talk some college football and of course we wrapped up with the first eh, first couple of weeks week two is in the books and okay, we're gonna go through the top 25 uh we're gonna start with the top 10 uh, really the top five top four actually uh just because we have the you know the college football playoffs so we're we'll talking about the four best teams first and then we'll go down from there so far uh there's not much has changed uh, pretty much the same old, same old, uh, same old group of guys. At number one, we got Alabama. They're at top. They're at number one. Uh, they're sitting pretty at two and zero. Then at number two, we got Clemson. They're also at two and zero. Georgia, they're at three. Again, they're at two and zero. And Ohio State, Ohio State. The beat just keeps going on, even without a Meyer. They're also two and zero. Uh, and this is pro- this is the main reason why I don't really get into early season rankings and you won't see me really start. Uh, I don't necessarily start taking rankings seriously until about week. Like I said, about week seven, eight. Uh, I, I just wanted to, you know, put this one out here just to kind of give you an example why. Uh, and one of those reasons why is, you know, like I said, we haven't really been playing too much of any football yet uh, so far. Uh, the The top the top four have only played two games. They're all sitting there at 2-0. There's not a whole lot to, to take away from that. They haven't really been playing, you know, the best people they could have been playing um, in terms of in terms of quality opponents. Uh, some of these teams, at least in the top four, I'm pretty certain haven't played a conference game yet. So, you know, there's a lot there's a lot to be seen in this season, so uh, let's move on. Uh, let's go to the the next uh, the next five. Uh, let's go through five to ten. Oklahoma is at two and zero. Wisconsin is two and zero. They're both at five and six respectively. Oklahoma at five. Wisconsin at six. Then at seven we got Auburn, who's also sitting at two and zero. Notre Dame is two and zero. At uh, eight. Number nine is Stanford at 2-0. And number 10 is Washington. Now, this is where it starts to break up a little bit. Washington is 1-1. One and, one, and the team behind them is at 2-0. Uh, that's Penn State. I personally would have Penn State right above them. But, you know, who am I? Uh, definitely. And as you can see, everybody's, you know, the top, uh, with the exception of Washington, everybody in the top 10 is 2-0. So, Again, it's hard to really say who's better out of somebody that, you know, out of nine teams that are 2-0. And in my opinion, you know, I definitely don't think Washington goes in the top 10. Uh, you know, they lost week one. And like I said, Penn State, uh, you know, they were, you know, they're still undefeated. And uh, their first game wasn't pretty uh against uh Appalachian State that might have got them knocked down a few pegs but they're still better than a 1 and 1 team. So, there you go. That's just there we go. And uh rounding out the rest of the top 25 at 12, we got LSU. They're at 2 and 0. There we go. At 13, we got Virginia Tech. They're also at 2 and 0. At 14, we got West Virginia. Uh they were 2 and 0. TCU is also at 15. They're also undefeated, 2 and 0. Mississippi State, again, 16, that 2 and 0. Uh, we got Boise State. They're at 2 and 0 at 17, like I said. 18 is UCF, 2-0 again. Uh, Michigan, they're 1-1. They're sitting at 19. Oregon, my boys, uh, they're 2 and zip. Miami of Florida, not of Ohio. They're at 1-1. They lost that that week one game to LSU. Pretty good shellacking, if you ask me. Uh USC, they're at 1-1. They're even. Um Arizona State I think they would be a little bit higher being that they beat Michigan State uh in the, in the upset last week pretty much uh by inc- in convincing uh fashion as well. Uh they stepped to uh Michigan State uh and just offensively just just took them just just took them to places that they weren't ready to go. And it sucks for them. Because it sucks for Michigan State because there was so much, uh, riding for Michigan State, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, just, possibly going to the playoffs, possibly, you know, winning the big, uh, the big 10 winning their division, uh, at least their conference, excuse me. And uh, it, it didn't happen. Let's take a look at these stats real quick for that game. And uh, Manny Wilkins uh, balled his heart out the quarterback for the Sun Devils, 30 or 48, 380 yards, a touchdown, but one interception. Uh, Eno Benjamin, 27 yards uh, on 15 carries and a touchdown. Oh uh, yeah, on and a touchdown. Uh, Kyle Williams, uh, leading receiver, seven seven catches, one hundred and four yards. And Nikhil Harry, eighty nine yards in the touchdown. One of the better wide receivers in the nation. Uh, offensively, like I said, uh, Arizona State did really well. Thirteen unanswered points in the fourth quarter. It's too much. Uh, in terms of defense for them, uh, Jalen Harvey, wade, uh, sorry, led the way with ten tackles. And uh, Merlin Robertson, he had eight. Uh, total tackles and one and a half sacks, so uh, definitely good game for them. As far as Michigan State go is concerned, uh, in terms of passing, uh, Brian Lewerke went twenty seven or thirty nine with a touchdown and in interception, three hundred fourteen yards. Uh, Connor Hayward, only their starting running back, only ran for twenty two yards, so that was part of their problems uh, and uh, Cody White was their leading receiver 113 yards altogether nine catches uh, and a touchdown in terms of them defensively Joey uh, Joe Batchy led the way with 10 total tackles in a sack and also their safety Matt Morris he had five tackles in an interception but again I, I wanted to highlight this game because you know Michigan State was one of those teams uh, near the top ten, you know, giving a lot of credit for who they, you know, from last year and everything. And, you know, every any given Saturday, uh, things can change for you. Uh, it's nothing, nothing is, uh, nothing should be taken for granted in college football. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And, again, you know, it's hard. It's hard to really pick and choose. Who's better of the two and two and 0 schools? Uh, you know, you got Wisconsin. Uh, they played New Mexico this week. They're number six in the nation. They're playing, playing a team like New Mexico, who we know they're going to beat on. Uh, Michigan got their their got they got their rocks off uh, against Western Michigan. We knew that was going to happen. I mean, come on. I mean, so it's not. It's not really easy to determine who's better between these two, They're, these teams. They're not playing, you know, conference games. They're not playing ranked opponents, a whole lot of them just yet. So we, we won't really get a good idea until around, like for me personally, around week eight. When they start putting out the official rankings for the college playoff, that's when I start to look at the, at the rankings because that's when everybody's been playing each other at some point. You know the conferences. The the real conference games are going down. Uh, some of the rivalry games, earlier rivalry games, have taken place. You get a better chance to see who's actually you know who's actually good. Who that's who's actually good, uh? And rounding out that top fifteen, if you didn't catch me, uh, it was Michigan State. You know who took that that big loss to Arizona State this weekend again. Michigan State, like I said, was one of those teams, and this is why I don't necessarily like to get into preseason rankings and in, in way too early rankings in January and so on and so forth because nobody's playing football, so you don't know. You really don't know who's good. Alright y'all, so we're going to take one last break And when we come back, like I said I've been talking about it at least a couple times Tonight, I'm going to do that review F is for family Uh, It's a pretty wicked show, we'll talk about it when I get back Y'all, alright now Alright y'all So we are back And I'm going to wrap this up uh, for tonight I'm gonna get through this review, and like I said, I got some uh, announcements as well. I'm gonna let you guys in on a little bit more on what's going on with me and uh, what's going on uh, with the with the show. And uh, let's get right into it. Now, it's not always that I watch a animated show. Uh, you know, I, when I hit 13, I try to call myself being grown. So unless it was Adult Swim or something adult, or maybe even some anime, I don't necessarily get into animated. Uh, shows anymore but this one pretty much caught my eye uh, it's very interesting and that de- definitely has an adult feel to it so i definitely like it uh the show is called f is for family and it's on netflix if you haven't heard of it i suggest you check it out I'm review reviewing another netflix uh series pretty soon i might just have a uh you know, just a Netflix type theme uh, for a while, where I'm just, you know, talking about some Netflix original stuff. I think that's something that I could do. Uh, but anyways, let's get right into it. And uh, this show was is a uh, the well the main character in this show is Frank, and he's played by Bill Burr. And if you haven't heard of Bill Burr, he's a well known uh, stand up comedian. Uh, got a start, I believe, sometime in the '90s been around since then at least uh from what i from what i can remember from him always been a funny guy somebody that I've, I've gotten into at least on the stand-up end uh lately and he's a pretty funny guy he's also shown up on tv as well uh but if you haven't checked if you haven't checked any of his work out uh I would suggest that you do but he plays the main character Frank and uh this is also a show that's written by him as well so the comedy that you hear the jokes that you're hearing pretty much the storyline that you see this is all written by him and uh he's a pretty talented guy and he writes a good story now his son Kevin and the show is uh son, uh son Kevin is played by Justin Long Another pretty well known actor. Uh, he's in that, uh, Flick Jeepers Creepers, at least the first one. Uh, he's been in a couple, a lot of those those mid 2000s movies. Also has some voice credits as well. Uh, so he's pretty, pretty well known guy. Uh, then we also have, uh, Lorna Dern playing, uh, Frank's wife, Sue. Uh, she definitely another, uh, reputable actress, uh, you know, voiceover actress as well. Then we got, uh, the son, uh, the the oldest son, Billy, played by oh, the youngest son, excuse me, played by uh Haley Reinhardt. Uh, you also got Vic, uh, the, the neighbor, played by Sam Rockwell, and the daughter Maureen, played by Debbie Derryberry. And one thing that I do like about this show is that there's a lot of different people on there that you probably wouldn't have. Uh, you probably wouldn't have. Uh, you know, really guest. Uh, the guy from The Wire. Uh, the guy that beat uh Omar. Uh, from The Wire is in there as well. Uh, you got a couple of people, Joe Buck. Uh, the sportscaster. Uh, NFL Sunday on Fox, baseball as well uh he's in that he's in that show for a couple episodes uh michael kenneth williams that's the name i wanted to look for uh that's the guy that played omar and the wire he's also in there for a few episodes as well gary cole from office space is in there as well so a lot of a lot of uh very funny people in hollywood are in it uh you know and not only um did the main characters you know they you know they they voice main characters, but they voice many other characters in the show as well. There's so much talent and so much funniness in the show that I really had to discuss that, too. Uh, you know, the show itself is pretty straightforward. It's about, you know. It takes place in the 70s and is about a Korean War vet, Frank, and he's providing for his family and uh, he works at the airport at a local airport. And he just has one of those attitudes, you know, he could be abrasive at times. But uh, again, you kind of know where he's coming from. He's working class uh, and, you know, the show does a good job of kind of talking about, you know, talking about life in the 70s. You know, Uh, I definitely love themed shows. I love uh shows that take place in a certain time period, whether it be the seventies, sixties, uh, the eighties, even, you know, night shows as well. You know, I'm definitely a, a fan of of, you know, taking that step back and looking at things, you know, from another angle. And um this is not it's not like it, it recreates the wheel. Um it's nothing new. It's nothing that I can't say that I have never seen before. Uh but definitely you know, Bill Burr puts his own twist on it. He puts his own humor on it. And it's funny, of course, it's raunchy, uh, might be ra- too raunchy for some, but it's just enough for me. It's not overly crazy, you know, with all the prop culture references or just crazy out over-the-top, you know, physical humor of a family guy. You know, it's it's real life, you know, it's real life situation. They take jokes from real life. They took jokes from real life 70 situations, and you know, uh it, it's hilarious in my opinion, you know, it's a good laugh um something that i could watch i mean there's only two seasons so far uh but i'm definitely hoping that they put out some more uh again you know and it's you know they cover you know the show covers you know just you know frank's experiences you know uh again you know going through uh well he's a supervisor at the uh at the well, he yeah he was a supervisor uh, at one point, and it talks about you know just his development on getting you know getting just to that spot. You know, it talks about you know the death of his uh boss, and you know just you know everything that he had to go through afterwards. You know, he uh became a supervisor only to you know be fired on Christmas uh because he wasn't able to get you know uh the union to you know to stop boycotting. And, uh, you know, everything fell apart. And you kind of see that you kind of see, you know, the process of him going to unemployment. You see the process of him, you know, going out and finding a job. So this is again, this is nothing new. We've seen this before. But again, you know, it's always funny when somebody does it differently. I uh, definitely think Bill Burr you know, has a talent at writing, at writing stories. And, uh, you know, you pretty much, you you get it, you know, you get where this guy's coming from. You get why he has his attitude, but you, you can understand where he's a good, he's a good dad. He tries his hardest. He means well, he's a pretty decent husband. Um, and he's just one of those guys that mean well. And, you know, you you do want to root for him. And I definitely feel like I want to root for Frank. I'm a fan of his and I hope, you know, you know, especially when he lost his job, I was hoping he got it back, which he did in some way or another. And you know, you hope that he works this stuff out with his wife by the end of the episode. You know, it you know, it also encompassed their relationship as well, you know, just the trials and tribulations of holding down a relationship and not necessarily being uh the the uh the the sole provider, uh, when he lost his job, uh, his wife picked it, picked up a lot of extra shifts selling Tupperware. And, uh, she got involved in that and also worked in corporate there. So she became the breadwinner at that one point in the household. And, you know, th- in in one show of all the shows that I've seen that kind of talked about that dynamic. I think that's one of the best shows that kinda talked about that dynamic and just the kind of feelings of inadequacy a male might have. And it described that. And uh it, it and one thing that I did like is is you you got to see uh the early stages of feminism in the workforce. They uh or just or just women holding their own in the workforce and you know you got to see that that tail in the 70s and when guys were just really dogs on the workplace before you know all the all the you know sexual harassment stuff was out You kind of got a chance to see oh well that's kind of how dirty these guys were that's kind of the stuff that they were saying uh and you kind of saw, you kind of, you, you got a chance to see where women were able to stand up in those environments and kind of take it back, uh, in the workforce and not necessarily be a victim, but talk shit back. And, uh, you saw those, those, uh, stories. You saw those situations. And I think a show like that is good. Uh, again, it's a comedy and it's animated. Of course, people have their feelings about it. But again, you know, you can make. And maybe because it's animated, you can make a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of different stories pop up from that. And uh, it, you know, IMDb gave it an A out of 10. I like it. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. uh, Enjoyable, funny. And like I said, it's it's to the it's to the it's it's a show based in the 70s. Everything has a '70s feel to it, all the way down to the theme song. The theme song will take you back. Uh, I definitely love the theme song. It's a red. It's a song called "Come and Get Your Love" by the Red Bones. By the Red Bone, cool Native American band from the '70s. If you don't know about them, I check them out too. Uh, again, you know, a lot of references, a lot of references to the time period. You learn a little bit, and you can't beat that. So, uh, F is a family. I give it an a perfect 10 out of 10. One of my more favorite shows, y'all. And uh, that's it for tonight. We're going to wrap this up for tonight. And like I said, we're going to get into some announcements. Um, Just me personally, I've been going through a whole lot lately. Uh, Last time I reported to you guys, I talked about my grandmother being on hospice. Uh, She did pass away uh, last week by Wednesday, uh, Wednesday after early Wednesday afternoon. I've been dealing with that the past few weeks uh past few days, excuse me uh my great grandmother has some issues as well with her health, so we're trying to get her back finally got her back from the hospital uh today while I was at work uh so everything on my end is getting better uh my my grandmother's funeral will be held in a couple more weeks back east, so we're getting everything ready for that and uh in terms of this show, we're not stopping uh you know it might not be. As, uh, consistent as I want it or as I feel you guys would want it. And I do apologize for that, but do understand I'm going through, this, through some things and just bear with me. And, uh, the best that you can do for me, support me. Uh, don't be afraid to hit me up on Facebook. Uh, hit me up ELJAMAH my first name El Jamal you can find me there uh like i said the instagram is coming we do have snapchat snapchat as well uh j butler you can hit me up on there just simple j then butler uh twitter is coming soon as well we're we're still trying to get the social media presence up uh, again, at least on my and I'm trying to do it. And again, we're not we're not. We didn't give I didn't give up YouTube. Uh, we were still I'm still working on that as well. Just learning on how to format everything. This is new. This is new territory for me. You know, Of course, I'm going, you know, got all this stuff going on in my personal life, but I have not stopped. I will keep working on this. Uh, like I said, I do have another review that I wanted to work on. I've been watching that uh, Dear White People on Netflix. I might talk a little bit about the movie as well, but I definitely wanted to touch up on the show. It's such a fucking Pandora's box of black people. I'll have to explain to you why. We're still going to be breaking down the MLB. We're getting close to the playoffs. We'll be breaking it down uh, every couple of days. Just giving you guys, uh, we got uh, 160 games. Uh, in the season, like I said, we had 149. So we have a few more games to go. So we're going to be talking about those. And uh, we'll, 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 I'm not too sure if we'll be right back tomorrow, uh, but definitely Friday. And uh, I have something for you guys over the weekend as well. Thank you for your guys' support once again. Uh, this has not been the easiest process for me. But working on this and you know being able to talk to my peoples and reignite with my peoples really does a whole lot for me. Now, with all that being said, y'all, I'm going to wrap this up for tonight. I will try to be back tomorrow. This is your man, El Jamal, and you. And this is officially Never Out of Bounds. Y'all have a good night. Peace out.